Hey, podcast listener, even if you are alone in your entrepreneurial journey, know that today, right now in your earbuds, you are joined by thousands of entrepreneurs from all around the globe seeking to grow better, more profitable, location-independent businesses. If you'd like to learn more about what we do and download our entire back catalog, check out tropicalmba.com. Yeah, buddy. Happy Thursday morning. It's Tropical MBA Podcast. This one's going to be at tropicalmba.com slash table. That's right. Like the kitchen furniture. Speaking of furniture, we got, we got the man behind uh, some of the most brilliant cat furniture designs that have ever been developed late nights at college parties. How you doing, my man? Oh, I thought you, I thought you were going to introduce Jeb. I thought <laughs> Jeb Crystal was on the show. No, it's just me. I'm back. People have been asking. People have been emailing. Here I am, finally. You have me back on the show. Thank you, Dan. Appreciate that. Down and out in Amsterdam, bro. <laughs> I'm the available to, one. We need to get this. We need to get this cleared up. I'm the available one. You're you're the one in the difficult time zone. I'm the jet setter. <laughs> the the backpack. The glorified backpacker. You could call me that. Hey, today. Speaking of glorified backpackers, today. We are going to talk about uh, an exciting new idea and event that we're going to have in our business for people that are at a high level. A lot of our listeners have been saying, we love your events. We love the DC. We love what you guys are doing, but I'm straight balling. What do you got for me? We got something for you. So we're going to talk about that. Doing a little cooking. We're doing a little cooking. We're going to talk about that this episode as well as listening, answering some listener questions about healthcare while on the road and getting started uh, without a college degree and fresh out of high school. So we'll get to all that stuff. But first, let's talk about the news, Ian. Last week, I had Damian Thompson on this very podcast, a friend of both of ours. Uh, the comments and conversation at tropicalmba.com have been through the roof. I mean, I'm getting emails, comments, I think... There's over, there's almost 100 comments on the Living in Asia episode. There was over 60 comments on Damien's episode. People really seem to be inspired by this stuff. I see other websites writing response posts to the ideas that are coming up on the show. And uh, I really love that. Uh, I'm glad. It's part of the reason, Ian, why we brought our two websites into one website. So there's always one place you can go if you want to have a conversation. It's tropicalmba.com. Again, this one's at slash table. That's why I do that little URL thing because... Hopefully, it'll make it easier for people to bump back and, and talk about the show. So, Ian, you saw the comments. You listened to the show last week. What are your thoughts uh, on this productized services? I thought, uh, I thought you and Damien did a great job talking about productized services. I think, um, you know, for, for me, listening to that show, you know, Damien pointed out uh, a, a few things that I thought were cool. And, and one is just like how simple his business is. Uh, first of all, I loved how he told the story and how he uh, failed in the beginning and then he eventually got it together and his product is what it is today. But just how simple it is. So Damien is is doing auto office pilot in, in Infusionsoft. I mean, could it be any more boring? I mean, really. But the guy is a ninja at it and it works, right? And so it's just that simple. It's like Damien has found a niche. He's found a need. He's found something that he's really passionate about. So it might be boring for me, but he's really passionate about it and it works. And so that's what I find amazing about it is just how small that niche is and how you can get into it and you can build a team around it and you can build a living around it. And that was really inspiring. Yeah, it was so inspiring to hear that specific story. And and you know, a lot of people might be worried about where does this stuff lead or what's the end game. But, but my feeling about how this stuff works, Ian, is if you're cash flow 
following your entrepreneurial education, then there's going to be opportunities that come your way. You're going to be poised to, to maybe Damien will someday build a membership site or do a big JV with, a, with an OAP partner, or maybe he'll fund, start a startup using the money from his customers and selling it to his customers. That is like a tool bolt on to one of those services. So I don't think you need to know that stuff when you're starting. And I think that that's, you know, maybe a mistake that a lot of people make is if they don't have a great skill set, if they're not used to running a business, they start too big. And I just love this idea of, hey, you know what? Let's get it to 10K a month with a solid skill set and a solid product and we'll work from there. Because that's, you know, looking out at it from, hey, I've got a job to how am I going to make this travel entrepreneurship thing, wealthy thing work to fast forward. Now I'm at 10K a month recurring revenue and I've got a couple VAs full time for me. I mean, which vantage do you want to be in? And even though, you know, Damien, like the rest of us, had to go through a few years of bloody nose to get there. But, you know, that's a much better position to be in than the person who's well paid and sitting back in a job wondering when it's time to go. Totally agree, Dan. And if there's one thing Damien and I have in common, it's that we both uh, always select unsexy niches. Well, no, see, what you do is you bring sexy to unsexy. Right. That's a good, yeah, if, if, you, if you were sexy bringing to sexy, then, you, you know, there's not much of a value proposition there. Bro. I got a lot to compete with then at that <laughs> point, you know? Hey, today we're going to talk about our next big idea. And it's not really our idea. Speaking of niche selection for us, Ian, it's a lot of times our customers coming to us and handing us something. I think we've told the story of the DC, how it got started. It was started by, uh, the first idea was by this guy named Matt Bellamere, who is a total baller, and said to me, you know, you guys should start a forum and you should charge for it to keep out the riffraff and, and keep out my employees and stuff and you should make it private and we should meet up and we should get on the phone and stuff and, and you should do that. And me and you were skeptical of that whole thing. You know, so, so how did that work out? <laughs> Thanks, Matt. Thanks, Matt, for that. And Matt, a few years later, came to me and said something similar, but much crazier in my view. He said, I'd love for you to charge me $10,000 a year. He said this to me, I swear. You can quote him. I'll pay you $10,000 a year to give me a private forum. And here's what I want you to do. I want you just to ensure that everybody else in there paid $10,000 to get in there too. And I was really slack-jawed at this idea. I wasn't at the level where I'd be willing to even consider something like that. And so I didn't really understand the value in that kind of thing. Now, fast forward a bunch of years, and we're at DCBKK, and there's a fabulous group of established entrepreneurs hanging around. And a lot of the people there sort of came up to me. I remember an interaction I had with Jacob Poole, and, and he said to me, you know, this event is amazing. But wouldn't it be great if there was sort of a sideline event where, you know, we knew that everybody in the room had sort of been in the game for a a while and had had some kind of breakthrough success. In other words, I want to hang around with the people, not exclusively, but for this time, with the people who are pulling weight. Yeah, people are pulling weight and uh, people that have established businesses, people that have had exits, people that have had experience managing larger teams. You know, guys that have kind of uh, been through the trenches uh, for a couple of years, guys that are looking to uh, really take their business to the next level. And yeah, I think that's an interesting idea, Dan. And so we've been kicking it around for the last couple months, actually the last couple of years. Well, so here's the thing. Like we believe a lot in the power of mastermind and 
I've been going around like sort of looking for the next level. You know, I've been a part of, of some higher level masterminds and I just haven't found anything that really fits our community. And what I realize and what I think Jacob and Matt were trying to say to me, or at least this is what I'm reading into it, is that that doesn't really exist for our community yet. You know, what is our community? It's this abundance mindset. It's this globalized mindset. It's very youthful in its spirit. It's new. A lot of these, a lot of the people in our community, you know, they haven't been in business for longer than 10 years. It's not like, oh, you know, I've been in business for 35 years and, and I've just running all, you know, I have 25 laundromats across the United States or whatever. I mean, these are people with micro multinationals, highly globalized internet businesses uh, with e-commerce drop stores and with a warehouse in California and, and a factory in Malaysia and that kind of thing. I mean, that's sort of our crowd. And it just doesn't feel like there's that many premium events or, or masterminds for people in that space. I mean, I look out, there's, there's summit.co. Tim Ferriss had an event a few years ago. There's Joe Polish's 25K Club. And I just kind of look around and there's like, it doesn't really feel like there's anything to join up with for the thought leaders in our space. Now, so combine that with a bunch of people in the DC and in our community coming up to us and saying, like, why don't we do something that, you know, is, is super exclusive, is something that's aspirational. People can sort of work towards it. And it's for people that you know once you get there that everybody else is, has the same amount of skin in the game. I think that's important. So people that have been at it for, you know, half a decade and have had some serious results. And that's important not only from an experience level, but it's important from a resources level. So in terms of networking, Ian, it's if you want to take your business from $1 million to $10 million, you want to ensure that you're networking with people that have the resources to back up the relationships that you have. with. Yeah, them. let me let me give an example of that, because I think that's uh, really important. So this year, we uh, we formed a partnership with uh, the dominator, Jesse Lawler, uh, as some of you know, to uh, build Valet Up. And we actually formed that partnership at uh, DC uh, Berlin. So that was cool. But we had known Jesse uh, before that. But in terms of resources, we came together on this deal. And I don't think this deal's ever been explained. But uh, we have a certain amount of resources allocated towards the project. Jesse has a certain amount of resources allocated towards the project. And we all kind of want the same end goal. And so for us, it's a it's a really strategic partnership. And it's not one that we could have done a couple years ago, because we just didn't flat have any resources or any money. Now we both kind of have something to bring to the table. And so it makes for an exciting partnership because we're working on an explosive opportunity and we're putting our resources, our collaborative resources on that opportunity. And so these are the kind of relationships I think that um, we're looking to facilitate and form in the future. Yeah. So, I mean, you could imagine someone very much like Jesse or ourselves who's in their first couple years and they're really smart and they've got the right skill sets. And that's a very high caliber person. But we're talking about a a level thing, not a caliber thing. And this is just an idea of when we met Jesse, he had 11 employees. And he had a higher level understanding of how to manage a team and launch a software product. And that's really what we needed to partner with in order to get something done. And that's, yeah, exactly what we're trying to create here. So I don't want to spend too long going over this. Basically, this episode, the beginning part is the purpose is to to develop an interest list. So if you're interested in this, come to tropicalmba.com slash table. And we want to hear that you're interested. And we want to hear uh, what you're interested in specifically. And we want to craft an event around the highest level people in the community that are interested in something like this. So let's just lay out the specifics really quick, Ian, of what we've got in mind. We've got a, a limited group. So 
this is a limited event. We envision workshops and masterminds at the event along with presentations by attendees. Again, we're not going to be, we're talking about million dollar business owners presenting the goods of their business to other million dollar business owners. We're talking about three evenings at the exclusive five-star at the exclusive. I think I just stole, stole that from their brochure. Uh, it's not that exclusive. You just have to pay money to go there. Right. <laughs> uh, the W Hotel in Bali, Indonesia. Actually, I'll tell you what. You kind of feel like a movie star uh, pulling up to that place because that yeah. place is crazy, crazy nice. Yeah, we, we used to work there all the time. Yes. Very, very cool place right on the beach in uh, Seminyak. Now, if me and you were working there, you know it's not exclusive. That's right. <laughs> Okay, so uh, we're talking about three days in Bali. Prospectus is either April or May. We're working on uh, with the people at the W on uh, one of those two timings. So, if again, if you're interested in this event, tropicalmba.com slash table. Go there, fill out, and we'll sort of take a survey of, of when, when the Balas want to come out to Bali, and we'll see uh, what works. And this is trainings and workshops focused on personal and business growth. So, I mean, if you're not in a position where you, if you're happy, you know, making quarter million dollars a year off of uh, your, your affiliate product, then that that's really cool, you know, but this is, I think, something that for people that are really looking to take it to the next level, people that, you know, like us, Ian, like we'd really like to get to eight figures. That's something that we're working on. So how can we meet other people that want to move in that direction? So how to qualify? Who is this for? I think you you either have to have something like 500k in revenue annually. I think that's kind of like a ballpark or depending on what your business model is that's I think in our community we have a vast array some like very much practitioner based business models if you're making 100k plus a year in personal income off of your business, you know, and you have a like process and staff in place, um, that's the kind of person we're looking for. We're looking for people who've built and exited successful businesses and uh, who are currently looking for investments. And, and I think more, most importantly, we're looking for people who share the values. You know, we're looking for people who want to be thought leaders in the micro multinational internet business space. So obviously all the things we talk about on the show, people who want to help lead this movement forward. I mean, we're very invested in the movement. And that's part of the reason, Ian, why like, you know, when I look at the other mastermind groups, I think they're cool, but they just don't hit it for me. You know, they just, it doesn't seem like. I feel like I'd go there and I'd like, you know, tell people about the wonders of podcasting and they'd be maybe excited about that, but I wouldn't be. <laughs> well, one of the things that I, ho- I hope will be uh, different about this is uh, there's a level of participation that's going to be going on that uh, is really important. So this isn't like a sit down and, and a meet and greet kind of thing. Like this is uh, all hands on deck. Uh, let's talk about our businesses. Let's forge a way forward for ourselves and our peers. All right. So I, we've probably chomped on about something that's, uh, again, this is, you know, we did this two years ago. Ian, when we launched our seminar series. Yep. And it worked out really well because the people that were interested in the product helped to define it. So what I want to do is like email directly with the people that want to come and 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 help work out the product a little bit. Now, I have a very a much more robust vision, which I'll put up for the people that are interested in just a few weeks time. I got to work a couple more things out with Alyssa. Uh, who's organizing the event. Now, that's a sales message if I've ever heard one. Is If Alyssa is throwing an event, you know it's going to be awesome. <laughs> of course, Alyssa Doucette running the operations here. So basically the idea, Ian, is, is we'll talk more about this in the future, but I want to get everybody that's listening to the show interested. TropicalMBA.com slash table. Go there, fill out the very brief survey, and I'll get back to you 
shortly. Anything else to say on this topic, sir? I'm very excited. And, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm interested to see who's going to come out of the woodwork, too. Yeah. Speaking of ballers, Eric Paquette from the Abroaders podcast gave us a ring. Let's give it a listen. Hey, Dan and Ian. This is Eric calling from Florianopolis, Brazil. And I just wanted to thank you guys for laying down such an awesome model for a podcast. After chatting with you in Saigon and Bangkok this year, AJ and I decided to get on the podcast airwaves and start sharing our knowledge about how travel hacking can help digital nomads pursue a life without borders. Thanks to you guys and a ton of DCers, the Abroaders.com podcast hit iTunes last week, and we're well on our way to the first thousand downloads. So thanks a ton. Keep up the great work, fellas. All right. Eric, man, congratulations on launching the new podcast. Did we mention again tropicalmba.com slash table? That's where the survey just is. Did. Like, get to the table. That's kind of the idea. I don't know. The thing, the thing I like about Eric, smart guy, we've hung out a couple of times, and, uh, and his partner, AJ, really good guy, too. These guys are using the telephone for what it's for. They're promoting their business. That's awesome. Yes, please call our hotline, promote your business. It might show up on the show. And, you know, these guys are, are doing some really cool work with uh, travel hacking. And uh, Eric especially is like super passionate about it. He sat down in, in uh, your apartment in Saigon and told us all about what we should and shouldn't be doing. So I appreciate that. There was actually a thread in, in the DC this week. Uh, somebody was asking about Amex Platinum. Did you see that, Dan? I did, yeah. Yeah. I think uh, the thing about Amex Platinum, uh, in Amex in general, and uh, I know there's a lot of new cards coming out. Eric is kind of the guy, and there's a bunch of other guys that are experimenting with this stuff. There's a new Chase card out. The thing about Amex that I'm, I'm realizing is that uh, the number of airlines that they participate with, meaning you can get free flights or upgrades to business class, they're diminishing greatly. Uh, when we first signed up for Amex about six years ago, there was a ton of airlines in there, and uh, you could get up- upgrades and free flights for a relatively low cost. Uh, those airlines are disappearing. The other thing that's happening with American Express is one of the biggest benefits was SPG. So now SPG, Starwood, uh, hotels, we used to use that uh, quite a bit. They've gone from uh, the points being one to one to now three to one. So that's kind of right. a bummer too. So I think Amex, you're slipping, uh, pull it together. And uh, now there's some other options out there like uh, Chase. And, Chase, and, and Chase Sapphire, a lot of people are talking about. But here's the thing about this stuff. Don't overthink it. You know, even though Amex Platinum is not the best option, I am so thankful that we did it. Because, you know, when Eric came to our apartment in Saigon, he's like, wow, you guys have been putting your shipping bills and all this kind of random stuff on this card for a year. You know, and we, I didn't even think about it, Ian. You know, like we just had it and we, we started putting it on there. Well, well, to, to be specific, actually, the, the card that we put most of our uh, bills on and how we rack up as many points as we do is the Amex green card. And look at the green and the gold. Uh, those are the two cards that you'll get the most uh, points. The, go- the, the platinum is actually kind of like a, like a privileged card. You, the rewards aren't so good there. So if you're spending, you know, a lot of money like we are every month, you know, putting freight bills and stuff like that, don't do it on the platinum. Do it on the green or the, or the gold and then enjoy the privileges of the platinum. I see. So the platinum is like, you know, applying to get airline access or lounge access and stuff like that. Yep, yep. I, the critical thing here, though, is, is just get this credit card strategy in place. Because, you know, when Eric sat us down and he's like, hey, you guys don't have to fly coach anymore. That's pretty awesome. <laughs> and actually, the, the two weeks after he said that, I got on a business class flight to Europe. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was great. Thank I, you, Eric. I, that, was, that was a really uh, cool message from Eric. He, and I'm, I'm not, it's not joking. He wasn't joking. You know, even with these troubles, like, you know, you were mentioning about certain airlines dropping out of the programs. You can still transfer the miles around. You can still get your value out of it. And, and even Eric has a, a product that helps you book. I know Eric books tickets for people in our community. 
So um, just by virtue of setting up a card and putting our freight bills on the stuff, we're flying business class. So that's pretty sweet. All right. So we got a call from Kyle at ninjasforhealth.com. Hey, guys. It's Kyle Fister, founder of ninjasforhealth.com. We help tell the stories of invisible public health heroes who are hacking their communities to extend the human lifespan. I have a quick health question for you. The U.S. healthcare system is undergoing a huge transformation towards higher quality, more affordable health options outside traditional employers. And it's been a bit of a messy launch, as you've heard, but the brand new healthcare.gov marketplace is a total game changer for entrepreneurship. People who have been locked in their jobs uh, to keep their healthcare coverage suddenly have the chance to start a business they've always dreamed of. I personally got insured just this last month, and today I'm here in Saigon working on my business. So my question is, I'm wondering, how do you guys handle healthcare? Um, how do you find your care when traveling? And do you have any tips for young entrepreneurs to get themselves covered and stay healthy as they travel the world starting their business? Uh, thanks so much for your answer. Ian, there's a lot of talk about uh, Obamacare and the changes that are coming about. In terms of uh, you know digital nomadism, what, what do you think is the best coverage? Okay, so uh, I'll tell you who we use, and then I'll, I'll give you some other options that I know about. So we use Integra Global. The disadvantage of Integra Global, and in fact, it's it's fairly good coverage from what I see and what I read. Uh, the disadvantage is uh, you have to stay out of the United States for uh, at least six months out of the year. So you. You can't be in the United States for over six months. So that's one of the caveats of uh, Integra Global. Other than that, uh, very seemingly very good uh, worldwide health coverage. You know, Dan, I think there's, there's a lot of options out there these days. You know, one of the things that I guess um, is important with Obamacare, a lot of people, and I think this is important to digital nomads and entrepreneurs in general, a lot of people in the past have kept their jobs or have essentially had to have jobs because of employer benefits, uh, and one of those benefits being healthcare. And so now, you know, depending on your income bracket, you can essentially purchase. There's a lot of new options for healthcare, and I think that that that's cool because uh, you're basically saying now I don't have to have a job to get healthcare. There's affordable healthcare options out there, and it's not through Blue Cross Blue Shield necessarily, which I hate. I, I think this is a great little niche to get into if you want to talk about productized services. Ian, there, there's a lot of low Local coverages that work really well. So if you're spending a lot of time in the Philippines, you could get really good coverage uh, in local countries. There are programs for travelers and stuff. But yeah, Integra Global seems like a lot of people are, are coming up with that lately. And yeah, I think there's a good opportunity here for people to step in and answer these kinds of questions. Hey, one more thing on this uh, on this point, Dan. I, I want to point out how I use healthcare real quick here, and then uh, maybe some people can chime in. One of the things I, I I don't do is for bills that are like less than $150. I don't even use my healthcare, and I, I think it's because I'm a little bit paranoid. But I I don't know. I'm I'm interested to hear other people's thoughts on this. But first of all, sometimes it's a, it's a bitch to try and get that reconciled with the company. And the other thing is like I don't want my uh, I don't want my scorecard filled up, right? So if it's like time to do something major, or it's like time to shift carriers or something like that. I don't want like a bunch of little nicks on my scorecard. Like this kid's always getting dinged up. It's like a hypochondriac. Man, he's going in there getting... Because in Asia, you can be... If you're if you're swinging through Asia, you know it's like I'll get a CT scan. I'm gonna get an MRI. You know I'm gonna just <laughs> and it's like 250 bucks, right? So you do all that, and, and yeah. I don't even whip out the card. So I guess how I'm using it these days is like uh, as as big insurance, as essentially insurance. You know, catastrophic insurance. And uh, yes, Integra Health uh, or Integra Global actually does take care of the small stuff, but that's not uh, that's not how I use it. Ian Tyson Brown just graduated from high school and gave us a call, wants some advice. Hey Dave, my name is Tyson Brown and I'm 18 years old. 
in the last six months, I figured out that I want to be an entrepreneur. You know, I want to live that good life. So I want to be location dependent. And the problem is I have no idea where to start because, you know, I have no skills. I finished grade 12 and that's pretty much all I've got. I'm going, I'm looking for a job at the moment just to get into any type of sales so I can learn how to sell something, which I think will be a first good step. But I don't know what to do in the meantime. Like I've got money to spend on things every week, but I don't know what to spend my time, like what courses or what things I should be learning. So if you guys can, I don't know, just give me a hand, maybe just put me somewhere in the right direction. That'd be really great. I uh, love what you guys are doing and I love your podcast. You guys are awesome. All right, Ian. Well, I got to say, Tyson, I can totally relate to your situation. When I first moved out to California, you know, before I met Ian and he opened my eyes to the wonders of entrepreneurship, I was just a kid who wanted freedom. And I wanted, to be honest, I wanted to make a bunch of money. I mean, I thought that that was the way to my freedom. And I remember... Don't forget the rock star thing, man. That's right. I wanted to be a rock star too. I, you know, I was completely delusional and uh, still am for the most part. And, uh, you know, there would all be, always be these older guys that would basically say, you know, don't worry about it, man. You're going to be fine. It's just going to take a long time. And I remember just being infuriated by that advice all the time. And I remember just thinking, yeah, yeah, yeah. But what do I do now? What do I do now? And it's always like, you know, it's going to take a long time. And uh, I think what... What we've tried to do on this podcast over the years, Ian, is kind of map out what that long time might look like. I don't think me and you in particular have been very good at accelerating the process, <laughs> but you know, there is hope out there. It is possible. It's not necessarily difficult, but it is hard work. So I mean, what's the difference between difficulty and hard? I mean, you look at like getting into the NBA is difficult. Being an entrepreneur is hard. Is that a fair distinction? <laughs> I guess it depends how tall you are. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So we've got a four-part getting started cocktail for you, Tyson. We're not going to leave you hanging like those guys were leaving me hanging. So here it is. The first step is you need a skill set or unique piece of knowledge. For myself, that was business management. And the way that I got that was by working at very small companies and actually managing businesses. You're not going to get this by going to college, guaranteed. Uh, You're not going to get this by working in a fancy company. You're going to get this by going down and working at the local copy center and telling the owner operator there to scram, go on vacation with his kids, and you're going to run their business for them. That's how you're going to get uh, the skill set that I got. And that was a lot of luck. That was happenstance. It wasn't by design, but you could potentially design something like that. Ian, what was your skill set or unique knowledge? I think your your technique, I think you, you told me how that got you fired one time too. Is that right? Yeah, man. And you know, it's ups and downs. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Just checking. Um, so my unique skill set, uh, Tyson, when I was, uh, when I was younger, I, I knew how to work on things, number one. So I had a job doing that. Uh, and then also, uh, two of the things that I invested in uh, when I was a little bit younger than you, but not much younger, was AutoCAD and Photoshop. And actually, those are two things that I, I still you know know how to use up until a couple of years ago. So that it was a unique skill, uh, AutoCAD specifically, you know, that I was able to transition actually into a career eventually. Um, and it was one of those things. If I had to do it again, uh, I was very interested in that stuff then, and I still am to some degree today. The other thing that I want to point out here is when I was younger too, I, I worked in uh, I worked in retail, and I, I learned how to sell as well. Yeah, just flat, flat. Nobody wants to talk to anybody who doesn't have a skill, and, and you know, part of what we talk about is find an apprentice. Go, you know, 
find someone to mentor you and all this kind of stuff. Well, no one's going to want to spend any time with you unless you've got a skill set. So programming, sales, copywriting, product design, I don't care what it is. Just choose one and go for it. It's going to take you a long time. So, you know, get used to that. That's that's part of the deal. But And, and on that point, Dan, I think uh, you just brought up something really cool there is uh, with that skill, people are going to want to talk to you. And the people that might want to talk to you are mentors. So like if you learn this cool thing called internet marketing or if you start to understand things about the internet that older people with more experience don't understand, uh, that's a skill that you have to lend to them and then they in turn can teach you uh, things that they've acquired over the last 20 years. And that's I think been an advantage, Dan, for both of us in our career as well is uh, we, we learned a little bit of about the internet and then we're able to apply that to larger businesses and older guys that are interested in that. Yeah, so the next step Tyson, is to identify your entrepreneurial X factor. So I don't really know what this means, Tyson. I come up with this stuff. You know, I drink a cup of coffee before (laughs) the show. But but it's important to understand that just having a skill set alone is not enough. Because if you become a good baker, you're going to bake yourself into a bakery. And if you become a good graphic designer, you're going to bake yourself into a consulting career. If you want to become an entrepreneurial, uh, an entrepreneur, you have to understand what your entrepreneurial X factor is going to be. And this one is a little bit trickier, but we all know people who are great at fluid dynamics. You know, they they can they can do all the equations and they can do the physics or whatever, and then they go get a job for a government contractor and they make six figures and that's it, you know? So what is the X factor that's going to get you in a situation where you own a company that leverages that skill set? Well, it's different for everybody. This one's tricky, but but you want to kind of do a deep dive. Is it grit? Are you somebody who's incredibly passionate about something? I love this distinction in between passion and drive. Like passion is something that you are attracted to and drive is something that you push yourself towards. It could be systems thinking, which I think um, might have been one of mine. I also think that for me it was a certain amount of chuspa. <laughs> I, I, like I, I think that I kind of was a petulant jerk and arrogant and I needed to make it work. And so I was willing to do things that other people weren't willing to do. And I'll give you specific examples. I was willing to fire people when I was running companies. And that was something that a lot of other people weren't willing to do. And that separated me and it, it made me effective because I was building a strong, strong team. And that's something that w- that took a lot of emotional grit. And, uh, you know, it wasn't super enjoyable, but those kinds of decisions got me ahead. And that was part of my X factor. If I was just somebody who could manage a business, I- I'm not sure that I would have became an entrepreneur. You know, I might be a business manager. And so there is that X factor what are some other uh, X factors, Ian? That that what was your X factor? I think it was kind of similar to yours, man. I think it was just being a petulant asshole for the most part. <laughs> so maybe we should just get rid of identify your entrepreneurial X factor and say, are you a petulant asshole? Because that will, I mean, that's. I, I think also that's our brand of entrepreneurship. There are other things that, that that could be, you know. So one of the things I think is is potentially books. You know, books can be an X factor. Your family or your upbringing could be an X factor. You know, you could have a relationship in your life 
that you can leverage. That might be an X factor. Yeah, your your location, for example. You know, there's a lot of uh, di- there's a lot of digital uh, nomads right now that are traveling to Asia. You know, and specifically Asia, a lot of other places too. Um, but that's an X factor, right? Like, who are the people that you're going to meet there? Uh, what are the things that you're going to experience? Uh, what are you going to fall into? You know, that's a that's a big X factor. So I'm building a business, and I've decided to throw myself into this this crazy place to see what the outcome might be. Yeah, to say that, let's bring up the our favorite character, Larry the LBH, the Larry the loser back home. It's a classic <laughs> expat, uh, you know, caricature of somebody who, you know, they're just a normal person back home but they step foot in a foreign country and all of a sudden they get sort of more than what they're due, but there's something to that in entrepreneurship, which is if you're competing against all the smart people trying to get into Harvard or whatever, you know, Malcolm Gladwell says, why don't you go to the University of Maryland and be the top of your class? Or, you know, if you're a programmer in the United States, that just means you can get freelance jobs. Well, if you're a programmer in Singapore or in Philippines, you can walk into a university and become a professor. Right. right. So I, I, th- I love that idea, Ian, of, of maybe that is the X factor of just just sort of situating yourself better. You don't have to work where you grew up. Uh, maybe it's time to get yourself in a more advantageous position where you've got poise for success. So, so Tyson, not to get off topic, we've identified the two main ingredients in the cocktail, your skill set and your X factor, but there's two things you want to season that with. I think trusting relationships, that's key. That's the fundamental to making this stuff work. You know, at every failed business, you can find sort of the trail of the dead relationship. So do what you say, focus on results and create a body of work and a track record. So the final seasoning is just time. And this is what the jerks all told me. It's going to take you, you know, a while, but, you know, enjoy the ride kind of thing. Work hard, play hard, all this BS. And I hated it. But so let me break it down for you. I think you need half a decade starting from scratch. Give yourself half a decade. You're going to spend about three of those years building your skills, getting legitly good at what you're doing, getting that Mike Tyson, Iron Mike attitude about sticking to it every day and training. Man, I've been reading Iron Mike's biography. You know, I was about to say, did you see that photo of him that was on uh, the internet the other day? He's like 14 with his trainer. He's like jacked. He's a bad man. Yeah. He is a bad man. When he was 14, he looked like he was 24. Like, yeah. He's just a bad man. And it's actually a very inspirational book because he talks about, you know, that he really uh, was obsessed with his craft. And, and focus, focus, focus. And then once he got some success, you know, he got what he wanted. He had to manage what was coming his way, which is freedom. You know, and there was a quote in the book by, I think it was John Lennon or something, you know, freedom is something we got to be careful about. And, you know, I think that there's a lot of topics in our community, in our forum for sure, that there's a lot of those issues too. It's like, all right, now you can do whatever you want. And you kind of lost that thing that got you in the first place, which was that you know, and that's the exciting part for you, Tyson. You're in that moment right now where you can decide to be a warrior. You can, as Jason Calacana says, be a ninja, go to work every day and build your skill. Just be better than everybody else. I mean, while I'm on a rant, I remember sitting at my desk when I had a crappy job thinking, I'm going to read more business books than anybody I know. And I just felt like that would put me ahead. And I don't know if it's true or not, but it's part of that attitude of I'm going to be the best. I'm going to be very, very good at this stuff. I'm not just going to be good enough to put some money in my bank account. That's, that's different. You know, this is about developing yourself as an individual. All right. So after three years of all that Michael Tyson stuff, 
a year of sales, you gotta sell. I mean, every entrepreneur is a salesperson, and and the the year five and beyond, you're scaling that business. You're taking, you know, the cash flows that you've created, and you're figuring out how to turn that into a real enterprise. Well, Tyson, I think you I think you got a long road ahead of you, but uh, I am excited for you, and I think you're you're gonna be all right, man. You've already figured your way out to uh, the Tropical NBA podcast, so yeah, you're doing a lot better than I was at 18, I'd say. Yeah, but not better than Mike Tyson. So, Tyson, you should probably go pick up his biography, and hopefully, you'll get inspired by that, man. I got a list of just case studies in the DC of people who are young, like you, Tyson, who have grit, who did things like I think of TJ Nelson going back and selling cars and like, you know, what a, a badass thing to do, you know, sell chemical lawn treatments or whatever it takes for you to, to get your chops. You know, sometimes we talk about, Ian, we know some people who might just need to go back and feel the burn of a cubicle for a year. Because sometimes that's the chip on your shoulder that keeps you going is like, you know how bad that cubicle is, that there's no way I'm letting this thing get away from me. Um, and you know, that grit, that determination, that's what you need. All right. So Ian, if you stuck around this long and you want to comment on this episode, feedback will be in the comments this week, tropicalmba.com slash table. And also this week we'll have a survey for anybody that has a significant business in place and wants to network with other ballas in the community. Check it out. Tropicalmba.com slash table. All right, it's about time for me to flip this AC back on. I'll tell you what, talk about dedication. Been sweating it out. (laughs) All right, we'll see you guys next Thursday morning, 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time on the Tropical MBA Podcast. Hey, thanks for listening to the Tropical MBA Podcast. You can go to tropicalmba.com, get access to hundreds of back episodes and all kinds of other goodies. Load up your iPod. That is the cheapest way to fly business class on your next international flight. We will see you next Thursday morning, 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time.